Okay, guys, we're in Lesson 19 today. We're going to be looking at the, the 77s, Daniel's 70 weeks. And uh, we're going to look really at the last portion of this scripture, verse 20 through 27. So it's not many verses, but there is a lot here for us to cover because we're going to talk about these 70 weeks. Now, if you're into prophecy or have studied prophecy before, you understand the whole issue of the 70 weeks always comes up. Again, it has to do, so I just want everybody to understand, the 70 weeks, when Daniel is speaking here, he's speaking from the perspective of who? Yeah, Israel. This has to do with the history and the future of the nation Israel. So do you understand? Okay. Now, it's hard sometimes for us in church to grasp that, because we're like, well, I'm saved. I thought everything's about me now because I'm part of the church and the church, blah, blah, blah. You know, and, and the reality is, is you need to understand, in God's grace, we were included in what's going to happen to Israel. But the issue is what's going to happen to Israel. That's the primary thing. What do you mean we're included in? Well, if you go to Romans chapter 9, 10, 11, Paul talks about the, the, wild, the olive tree and that branches were cut off. And that the wild olive branches, who's that? That's you and I as Gentiles were grafted in. But he also talks about that the other branches will be put back into the olive tree again. That's meaning Israel. So the issue is about Israel. So everything we're going to study here is about, is about the future, but ultimately it's about Israel's future. Okay? And we fit into that. So let's look together. We're going to look, first of all, to verse 20 to 22. We're going to see that, you know, of course, Gabriel appears to Daniel. So notice what it says. Now, while I was speaking, praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel, presenting my supplication before the Lord my God, for the holy mountain of my God, yes, while I was speaking in prayer, a man, Gabriel, whom I had seen in a vision at the beginning, was caused to fly swiftly and reached me about the time of the evening offering. He informed me and talked with me and said, O oh, Daniel, I have come forth to give you skill to understand. All right, so what's happening here? So number one, while Daniel was praying and seeking the Lord, Gabriel appeared to him. So the first thing we see here is he's praying. Now, I want you to notice something. When he's praying, he says he's doing several things. What's he doing? He's not just praying, but what's he doing? Look at, look at that verse, 20. What's he doing? Confessing. What's he confessing? His sin, but not just his sin. Yeah, his people's sin. Okay, so let me just stop for a moment. A lot of times when you and I pray, and I can say this because I'm the same way, we usually focus on what? Just simply asking. We, yeah, we just kind of focus on us and what we need and, and on all of that. Notice now the next thing he does is he doesn't just pray and ask for help. He's, he's, at, he's confessing his sin. So that's easy. Okay, we feel uncomfortable with going to God and, and, and laying out our garbage to him. But we'll do that. Okay. But the third one we have a hard time with, and that's confessing the sin of our people. Do you know what I mean? 
How many of you, when you pray, don't raise your hand, how many of you, when you pray, I want you to think about your prayer life. When you pray, you pray for America and you, and you confess the sins of America to God. Say, God, forgive America. God, forgive America for its sins. Here, here's the thing. Probably, you, if, you don't, if you think about it, as I'm thinking about it, usually we don't think in terms of our country sinning. Do you know, do you know what I mean? Because we're America, we're great, we're wonderful, and, and, and the tendency is, okay, the tendency, and, and I might ruffle some feathers here, that historically as a people, as a nation, and most nations do this, we sweep any wrongdoings that we've done under the carpet and we never talk about them again. Did you know what I'm saying? So, what do you mean, George? Well, yeah, we emancipated the slaves, but we've never said it was wrong. As a people, you know what I'm saying? We, we, most of the land we own that the federal government owns today, especially out west, belonged to somebody else. Who was it? Yeah, did, have we ever said that was wrong? No, we've never given it back either, have we? Did you understand what I'm saying? Jim Crow and, and other, uh, even, uh, hey, let's, let's go back to even earlier. What do you mean? Are even our actions towards white people. What do you mean white people? Well, actions towards immigrants. Now, some of you come from immigrant backgrounds. You know what it's like, okay? In fact, Pennsylvania is filled with that kind of history, where one town was primarily ethnic in one area, upset with another town because they were primarily of another ethnicity. Do you know what I'm saying? And they're all vying for the same kind of jobs and the treatment of them. Do you understand what I'm saying? We've never admitted any of that because that's not just the way we are. We just go on. You know what I'm saying? We just go on. So, you know, like, for instance, you know, over near where, um, where Lori grew up, just over the hill, not even a half a mile, is the Sagamore Mine. Does anybody know about the Sagamore Mine? At one time, it was the largest coal mine in the world. Okay? Now, every once in a while, when you go down to Sagamore, you'll see people out there now, it's, it's owned by Kovalchik, okay? You'll see people out there with metal detectors, and here's what they're finding down there. They're finding these little tokens. Anybody know what a mine token is? Yeah, that's what they got paid with, and the only place that you could use that at is where? And that was usually high-priced, and so you remember now at Tennessee Ernie Ford, I owe my soul to the company. Nobody said that that, you ever heard anybody say that was wrong? You ever hear anybody acknowledge? See, this is what I'm saying. So what we have here is, for us, we're not geared towards confessing the sins of other people. In fact, we have, we have almost an abrasion to that because we're like, you know what? I wasn't there for that. I didn't do that. But to be honest, we do bear the responsibility. And that's what Daniel's doing. So when he's praying... He's not just asking God to take care of the issue or give him wisdom with the dream. He's confessing his own sin, but what's he doing? He's confessing the sins of his people. You know what? If anybody should be praying for America because they understand, it's who? Yeah, us. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's us. So let's go on now. So that's the first thing. Let's, let's continue on here. This was the Gabriel he had seen in the prior vision, which we saw that in Daniel chapter 8. So again, the same angel, very special angel. 
very special angel with regards to the people of Israel. Okay? Gabriel came swiftly to Daniel at the time of the evening offering. Now, that would have happened about 6 p.m. Okay? The Jewish people had a morning offering and an evening offering. So Daniel came. You notice now, Daniel thinks in terms of what time of the day, when the sacrifices take place. But there's no more sacrifices happening in Jerusalem because of what? The temple's gone. It's destroyed. But it still had a major impact on his life that that's the frame of reference that Daniel has. Okay? So about the time of the evening sacrifice, Gabriel shows up. Now, Gabriel told Daniel that he had come to give Daniel understanding. That's his whole reason for being there, is that he's there to give him understanding. Okay, but notice, I, I like the way, the, I have the New King James, I like the way the scripture says it there, skill to understand. Do you notice what I'm saying? Not just understanding, but the skill, the ability to understand is what he's talking about there. All right? Sometimes we just don't need understanding. We need to have an ability to understand what's happening around us. And that's what's going on here with the angel talking to Daniel. So look at verse 23. We're going to see the prayer answered. Look at what it says there. And at the beginning of your supplications, the command went out, and I have come to tell you, For you are greatly beloved. Therefore, consider the matter and understand the vision. So here's what he's saying. Gabriel was commanded to go at the beginning of Daniel's supplication. Now, he fasted and prayed for a while. But Gabriel comes and tells him, you know what? At the very moment that you started praying, I was sent to answer your prayer. Isn't that awesome? Because sometimes, you ever prayed for something for a long time and you wonder sometimes if God's even heard you? Do you know what I mean? Like, Lord, it's been years. I've been praying about it. I've just given up. But it, do you even hear me? Well, I mean, at the beginning it said he heard. Now, notice he didn't come immediately, swiftly. We're going to see in chapter 10 that there's some other reasons why maybe prayers aren't answered immediately like we think they should be. But the reality is, is Gabriel says, I came at the beginning of your supplication. So God hears our prayers. Here's the other thing I want you to see. Gabriel acknowledges that Daniel is greatly loved. That should encourage you. So when he comes, he's saying, Daniel, you're you're greatly beloved by the Lord. Now, you can look at it that way too, because isn't that what the testament of the New Testament the testimony of the New Testament is for your life and our lives is that we are what? The children of God and that he has bestowed love upon us and uh, he highly favors us. So, again, so, so comfort as far as when you and I pray is, number one, he hears us. And number two, we're, we're, we're beloved by him. You know what I'm saying? So Daniel is beloved by him, all right? Let's go on. Daniel is to consider and understand the vision. So he says, I've been sent. You're beloved by the Lord. And and you're to consider and understand the vision. So he's going to tell him what the vision means. And so that's what we're going to spend the rest of our time here. Verse 24 through 27. So let's take a look at this. 
We'll read this together. Seventy weeks are determined for your people and for the holy city. To finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, to anoint the most holy. Know, therefore, and understand that from the going forth of the, com- of the command to restore and build Jerusalem until the Messiah, the Prince, there shall be 70 weeks and 62 weeks. Seven weeks and 62 weeks. The streets shall be built again, and the wall, even in troublesome times. And after 62 weeks, the Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the prince who is to come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary, and the end of it shall be with a flood, till the end of the war of destiny. To the end of war, desolations are determined. And he shall confirm a covenant with many for one week. But in the middle of the week, he shall bring an end to the sacrifice and the offering. And on the wings of abomination shall be the one who makes desolate, even until the consumption which is determined is poured out on the desolate. Okay, wow. What does that mean, George? That's some pretty... Pretty funky prophetic language there. So let's take it 70 weeks, 62 weeks, 7 weeks, middle of 7 weeks. What's going on there? Well, first of all, we're going to see that there's a time determined. Daniel suggests that the end of the exile, that is their current exile, their current Babylonian exile. Remember, they were being exiled for 70 years. Okay. At the end of that period... All right, would begin a period of 70 weeks. Okay, that would begin a period of 70 weeks. Now, the word week can also be translated sevens or a week of years. So the word week there, the Hebrew word week, is also used, is also translated to mean sevens, so it's 70 sevens, or it's also translated 70 week of years. Okay, so that means seven years. All right? Now, the phrase 70 weeks or 70 sevens, that should be or, not of, is commonly known to mean 490 years. All right? So it's commonly known... And when we talk about the 77s, we're talking about 490 years. Okay? 490 years. Now, six actions will take place during the 70 years. So these things are going to take place during the 70 years. First of all, to finish the transgression means Israel's disobedience will be brought to an end. All right. Now, Israel's disobedience will be brought to the end. So, the, at the end of the seventy weeks, or the seventy, the four hundred ninety years, their disobedience will be brought to an end. Does everybody understand that right now Israel is being what disobedient, and because of that disobedience, they're facing the harsh severity that they are, okay, and have throughout the centuries since Jesus, okay. Now. 
To make an end of sins means that Israel's sins will be removed. To make an end of sins means that Israel's sins will be removed. Okay? And then to make reconciliation for iniquity means atonement will be made for Israel's sin. Okay? Their sins will be atoned for. Is everybody getting that? Am I going too fast for you? Can I move on? All right, I'll move on. To bring everlasting righteousness means that God will establish an age of righteousness. Now, we know that as what? What happens at the end when Jesus comes back? What's established then? The millennial reign of a thousand years of peace and prosperity and righteousness. Okay? To bring everlasting righteousness. Now, that's what's going to happen because of these 70 weeks. It means that God's going to establish an age of righteousness. To seal up vision and prophecy means all, that should be all, A-L-L, all prophecies will find their fulfillment. Now, what do you mean find their fulfillment? Well, there's been some prophecies that have been given to Israel that they've never completely experienced yet. Like what? Well, God told them he would give them the land. What land? All the way from the Nile to the Euphrates. Now, does anybody know at any point in history when Israel owned all of that? No, especially from the Nile. Who owns the Nile? Egypt. All the way to the Euphrates. That's Syria and Iraq. Okay? So can I ask you a question? They're having a hard time keeping what they got. You know what I'm saying? That's been the history of it. Okay? But what it's saying here is that at the end of these 490 years, they're going to seal up the vision and the prophecy. They're going to be fulfilled. All right? They're going to be fulfilled. The land promises are going to be fulfilled. And to anoint the most holy means the enthronement of Jesus Christ, the enthronement of the Messiah. Okay? So these are going to take place. So, really here, what we need to look now is we're going to look at the first 69 weeks. Okay? First 69 weeks. So, these 69, that's the 7 and 62. 7 and 62, just a Hebrew poetic way of putting it, means what? 69. If you add 7 plus 69, it's 7 plus 62. It's 69 weeks. The 69 weeks refer to a time from the end of the exile to the coming of the Messiah. All right? From the end of the exile to the coming of the Messiah. And notice what it says. Jerusalem will be restored at this time during a period of troublesome times. Okay. One scholar decided, okay, can this be for reals? He's saying that these 69 sevens, which is... Um, basically, uh, I think 463 years, okay, can this be for sure what he's talking about? It's supposed to be from the end of the exile, which was the decree to, for Israel to return back to, to the Canaan, to the promised land, to the time of the becoming. Can it be 463 years? Well, here's what one guy did. 
based on the Hebrew calendar, which is 360 years, he determined from the exact time of when the decree came forth from the Persian king, because after Babylon was destroyed, a few years later, a Persian king gave a decree for Israel to be able to return home. From that first decree, 460 years later, he determined that date to be April, I forget the exact date, April of A.D. 32. And he determined it to be the time of, of the triumphant entry into Jerusalem. It was a Sunday. Isn't that interesting? 463 years later. Okay? Now, this is why Daniel sometimes is discredited. Because there's no way that Bible prophecy could be that accurate. Really? If God's telling you what's going to happen, and we know that during that 463 years, what happened? When they came back, they reestablished Jerusalem, built built the city back up and the walls and the temple, but yet it was also a time of trouble sometimes because they were constantly being oppressed by other Gentile groups other Gentile peoples, and ultimately the Romans. Do you understand what I'm saying? So here's a, here's a pretty accurate, we understand this prophecy here, that we understand at least the first number of sevens, okay? The first 69 sevens, all right? Now, here's what I want you to see now. He tells that after this 69 period, the Messiah will be cut off for the sake of others. So, okay, if we we take it to the triumphant entry, shortly thereafter, what happens to Jesus that just within one week of his, um, yeah, he's crucified, he's cut off for the sake of who? Who did he die for? Others, for, for the Jews and for us, okay? All right, so Daniel's, Daniel's letting us know he's cut off, and that word cut off in the Hebrew literally means to be, to be killed, okay? To be killed. All right, so then, and here's what he says, and the people of this ruler, of the ruler, will come and destroy Jerusalem and the temple. What, what ruler? Well, he's talking about that Antichrist, the people of the Antichrist, meaning what? The Roman Empire will come and what? Destroy Jerusalem and the temple. And that did happen. A.D. 70 is a significant time period because that's when what happened? Herod's temple is completely removed, and it's no longer, it hasn't been there since then. All that's left is the western wall of the Temple Mount. So that happened in A.D. 70. And again, remember, I told you the day in which the temple was destroyed was the exact same day years before that the temple was destroyed by who? The Babylonians. Okay? Exact same day. So the people of the ruler, that's talking about that fourth kingdom. The destruction will be complete and fast like a flood, and that's exactly what happened. When the Romans came in, they destroyed the city and burnt it to the ground, spread the rubble everywhere, and they salted the fields. Now, why did they salt the fields? Because when you put salt, too much salt on ground, can you grow anything there? Now, 
So the destruction will be complete and fast, Daniel is told. The ruler, now, here's, here's where we're getting now. We're going to get into, verse 27 talks to us now about that final seven years, which is yet future. Okay? The ruler will confirm a covenant for a period of one week or seven years. So this future ruler is going to establish a covenant, or another name for it, a peace treaty, with who? It's the people, Israel, for a seven-year period. Now let's stop for a moment. Do you think that's, do you think that Daniel's off the wall here? That he's saying that there's, that this ruler is going to establish a peace treaty? Like, when you read the news right now, what is every nation in the world trying to figure out as far as the Middle East? The Chinese are trying to do it. The Russians are trying to do it. The EU is trying to do it. America is trying to do it. What are they trying to do when it comes to Israel today in the Middle East? What are they trying to find? Yeah, they're trying to find a peace treaty. So I'm not surprised by that. But here's what's going to happen is one day... There's going to be a dude who brings about a peace treaty. Yeah, it's at the beginning. At the beginning, that's when the tribulation begins. So, so when's the tribulation begin? When he establishes a peace treaty. Okay? Now, I'm scared. No, you just need to be aware. We're moving towards the end, aren't we, folks? Do you understand what I'm saying? We're moving towards the end because they haven't really, I mean, this whole peace thing hasn't really been a big issue until the 60s after the Yom Kippur War. There's got to be another war, yes. Yeah, because you've got to get rid of something that's on the Temple Mount right now. Do you understand what I'm saying? Which, by the way, you know, they were talking about the Iranians and their missiles. And they, and they knew this from when the Iraqis had missiles. Remember when they threw scuds over? One of the big fears was is because of the, the nature of missile technology, it's not like our technology where we have precision guided. When they lob something, they, they don't really have an understanding of where it's going to drop. And, and, and so the fear was back in the Gulf War with, with Saddam Hussein when he launched the scuds is that something may accidentally fall on the dome of the rock. That could be possible, couldn't it? Did you understand what I'm saying? It doesn't have to take the Jews to wipe out the Dome of the Rock. It could take the Muslims to wipe it out themselves accidentally. Did you understand what I'm saying? But then here's the, that's a game changer, though. When that's gone, that's going to be a game changer. And especially if there's a war. Did you understand what I'm saying? Especially if there's a war. Well, for them to get all of the land back is going to take Jesus to come back, bro. Okay? It's going to take Jesus to come back. And that happens at the end. So the 70th week begins with the establishment of the covenant with the ruler in Israel. So this last seven-year period begins with the establishment of the covenant. So when you hear people today, it'll say, man, we're in the tribulation now. Have you heard people say that? I've heard that. Have you heard people say, we're in the tribulation right now? What's your answer to them? No, because according to Daniel chapter 9, 
according to Daniel chapter 9, that period begins when the, when the ruler establishes a what? A peace treaty with Israel. That hasn't happened yet. Okay? That hasn't happened yet. There's no peace treaty, no covenant. All right? In the middle of the seven years, so three and a half years later, after the establishment of this peace treaty, the ruler will stop the temple operations. Now, again, that's got to be in the future because is there a temple now? No. Okay? No. And, and by the way, this is not Antiochus Epiphanes IV. Some people will say, well, this is Antiochus Epiphanes IV. No, because Antiochus never established a peace treaty with Israel. He just considered him his people to oppress. He didn't establish any peace treaty with anybody. Okay? So, so in the middle of the seven years, the ruler will stop the temple operations. He shall make the temple desolate with his abomination. He will make the temple desolate with his abomination. In fact, Matthew... 24.15 says this. Jesus said this. Therefore, when you see he's talking to his people, he's talking to the Jews, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, now this is Jesus, he's referring back to what Daniel says, standing in the holy place, whoever reads, let him understand, and let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. And let him who is on a housetop not go down and take anything out of his home. And let him who has fled not go back to get his clothes. And woe to those who are pregnant and those who are nursing babies in those days. And pray that your flight may not be in winter or on the Sabbath. For there will be great tribulation, such as not been since the beginning of the world until this time. No, nor ever shall be. Unless those days be shortened, no flesh would be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. Wow, that's going to be a terrible time. That part of the tribulation is known as the Great Tribulation. Okay? And so the desolation will take place until the ruler is destroyed at a determined time. So who's in control of how long this ruler is going to be around? God is. Okay? So then what I gave you is a chart. If you're going to understand Daniel's 70 weeks as far as how it, what it means to us today, okay? So here we go. In Nehemiah chapter 2, verses 1 to 8, we see the command to restore. All right? Restore the walls of Jerusalem. From that time, 483 years, we come to a date in April on a Sunday in AD 32, which is when Jesus makes the triumphant entry. Okay, so this is the seven and 62 weeks. Shortly thereafter, we know what? The cross happens, and a few years later, what happens? The destruction of Jerusalem. And you say, well, when does the 70 week, 70th week begins? Well, we know that it will begin in the future with a covenant that happens with the prince. So in the meantime, we're in what it, the Bible calls us is what? The time of the Gentiles. Alright? The time of the Gentiles, when Gentiles have, what? Are in domination of Israel. Okay? And that's exactly right. Are they not in domination right now? Okay? And then what we're going to see is that 70th week, which we know as the Great Tribulation, 
In the middle of the 70th week, the sacrifices are ceased. And then at the very end, we see the consummation. What's that? The second coming of Jesus Christ. Okay? The second coming of Jesus Christ. So I got a chart there to help you to understand how the 70th weeks flow. All right, let's go ahead. Coffee's in the back, guys.